All right, and we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're grateful to everyone that's here today. We look forward to sharing with you the things that the Lord have laid on my heart to share with you. The Uruguayan Air Force flight of 571 in 1972. How many of you have heard of that plane crash? It's flight, flight 572, uh, 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 actually flight 571. Uh, it was a rugby team, a chartered flight flying from one side of uh, from one little small location to another. Should only took maybe a couple of hours to get to their location. But this was in 1972 uh, in South America, and this plane crashed. How many of you heard of that? There have been a lot of books written about it and a few movies made about it. Some of you may have seen the movie and just thought you were watching fiction. The flight took off sometime around noon, and uh, had 45 passengers, actually 40 passengers, and five uh, crew members. So a total of 45 people were on the plane. Uh, it was snowing, uh, bad weather, I guess you could say, and they were in the clouds. And so the pilot started flying by instrumentation only. He was just, he was just looking at his instruments uh, because he couldn't see where he was. And uh, so he had to depend on his instruments and the air traffic controllers. Uh, but for whatever reason, he thought he was in one place, maybe uh, three miles from his place of descent, uh, but he was actually 11 miles from it. And so it was a mountainous area full of mountains. And so he had asked the air traffic controllers for permission to descend, because you know they have to do that. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think at any given time there are about uh, anywhere from 100,000 to 200,000 different planes in the air in the world at one time. And so they have to talk to people on the ground that could see them in the radar. They're not just saying, okay, so I'm gonna just fly east and get to my destination. They have to all fly at different altitudes to keep from hitting one another. You know, some of them fly five miles in the air, some of them four, some of them three. And uh, they sometimes have to change course just a little bit to keep from hitting one another, you see. Uh, they should not be able to see each other. And so they asked for permission to descend to 11,000 feet. And he, the, the pilot, being mistaken about where he was, uh, he told the air traffic controller, we're three miles out, can permission to descend. And uh, for whatever reason, the air traffic controller couldn't see him on the radar and just took his word for it and gave him permission to descend. So they descended. And when they got below the clouds and could see, 
they saw that they were about to hit some mountains because they were not as close as what they thought. And so the pilot panicked and he pulled on his helm with all his might and just about went this way, completely vertical, trying to keep from hitting the mountains. And when he did that and the plane was going up like this, if you can imagine, the plane began to shake terribly and they missed the mountain that they were gonna hit with the front end of the plane. But the back end of the plane caught it and it fell off and six people with it, the back end that was sitting in the back of the plane, like on the back rows, they, they went with the, the back end of the plane. And so then the plane began to fall and it hit another mountain and the tail, it clipped the tail wing, uh, the clip, uh, one of, not the tail, the, the wing. And the wing, it, it hit uh, the mountain so violently that it, when it ripped off, it took another part of the plane with it with a few more people. So, of course, you know the story, the, the plane crashed. In uh, the initial crash, I want to say there were, let me see, I think, let me see, I got it wrote down here. Twelve people died on impact. Uh, and there were 33 survivors. They had a few snacks. I think they had 12 candy bars and some peanuts and a few other things, because it wasn't a long trip. And so there they were. Most of those people had not even seen snow their whole lives. And there they were in a blizzard and in snowy mountains, at a temperature about 30 degrees below zero. So 30, uh, 33 people survived the crash. Uh, but several of them began to succumb to their injuries. And uh, so they, the ones who survived, they began to find each other, and they found the fuselage that, that first broke off uh, when it hit the back, when they, the, the back side of the plane hit the mountain, and they huddled up in there, and they took some uh, seats and made a doorway, and they, they slept in there for a little while. And they began to ration out the little 12 bars of chocolate that they had. One man ate one little piece every day for 12 days. On the 12th day, they heard over a transistor radio that the search and rescue team had canceled their search because they figured nobody had survived. And there they were, about 29 of them at this time, listening at this. They had seen the planes fly overhead looking for them, but because they were in a mountainous area and trees above them, they could not be seen from the air. They were yelling and trying to make noise, but they, the people could not hear them or see them that were in the air looking for them. And so then they heard this over the radio, uh, you know, that the search and rescue team had been canceled. We'll come back in the summertime and, and recover the dead bodies. 29 of them still alive. So from there, they knew this little chocolate ain't gonna keep us. We don't, what hope do we have? And so 
with a, about a dozen dead bodies behind them, uh, uh, around them, they made the decision, a few of them, to begin to eat on those bodies. They started off, they had broken glass, and they started off carving the skin off, thinking, okay, well, we can deal with this. But a few of them, they could not hold it down. They just, you know, vomiting and things like that, just even the thought of it. And so they found a way to get some of the flesh of the people that were dead. Uh, when they cut it off, they put it in the sun. And, and you know, the sun would kind of scorch it a little bit, and that made it a little bit more edible. One man decided, I'm not going to eat any. Well, several of them thought they weren't going to do it. But all of them caved in except one. One of them, during the whole thing, he never gave in. But he died 60 days later of starvation. So they were all together. They were in that before they were rescued. Uh, actually, two of them went out, uh, actually left the little uh, camp that they had made. The little, they were in a fuselage, and that, that, they had to be away out of the element. So they were in there. Two of them left and went and found help. This was, and it took them 10 days to walk 24 miles. So that ought to let you know what kind of terrain and what kind of, you know, it only take a day and a half, if that, to walk that far. But it took them 10 days to do it. 72 days of eating flesh. One man, his sister and mother was on that plane with him, one of the players, his sister and mother, and he wouldn't allow them to eat or cut on their flesh at all. So he protected their bodies. But they began to make a pact. When they started seeing that they were dying off, the, one, the survivors, they would say, well, if I die, y'all have, have permission to eat my body. And so, of course, they, you know, for all those days, that's, that's what they had to do to survive. And so for all those days, they're just chipping away at the flesh, chipping, and then they ran out of flesh. Not only thing left is organs. And so they begin to eat hearts and kidneys and brain tissue to survive. And that's something. So two of the guys, they went and found another radio where they could actually communicate. They went back to the plane where the, uh, uh, the pilots were. Uh, none of the pilots survived because uh, they died on impact. And so they went back to that part of the plane and the cockpit, and they found a two-way radio, but it wasn't working. And they found a battery. Uh, they tried to get it working, but it wasn't working. And they, they found a battery source and they disconnected that two-way radio from the battery source and uh, from the cockpit and connected it to the battery source, and it basically killed it because the uh, the battery source was 24 24 volts when the two-way radio only took 12 volts. So just one day after the other, if you can imagine, for 72 days, just one heartbreak after the other. And when they, it was said that, and they, they, most of them are still alive. The ones that made it out of there, they're still alive today. And you can find them on YouTube telling their story and, and the things that they had to deal with.
11 days after the crash, they're, they're all huddled up in the uh, fuselage where they, you know, that's their, where they little camp is. And not really a camp, but that's just what they were in to get out of the elements. And uh, around midnight, while they were all asleep, there was an avalanche that came through. And it buried them in it, where just three feet from, from the bottom of the snow to the, top of the fuse, to the top of the fuselage was air. The rest of their bodies were in the, in the, in the snow. And so if you can imagine already being in those bad conditions and then being woke up at midnight with eight more dead friends, because that avalanche had killed eight more of them. And so they, so they buried in three feet of snow, uh, buried in snow that was only left them three feet to breathe, I guess you could say, from the top of the fuselage to, to uh, where the top of the snow was. And so they took a, a metal post and they began to uh, hit the, the metal, the roof, and they, they, because they were running out of oxygen. And so they, they uh, put a hole in the, in the fuselage so that they could breathe. And uh, at some point, uh, they uh, decided, no, we got to get out of here. So when they left out of there, they saw that it was a blizzard and the, and the temperature had dropped, so they went back in. And so they had already eaten all the dead bodies that were around them up until that point. And so then they had, now they got eight more dead bodies to eat from. If you, can you imagine that? Now, I'm sharing this story with you. Now, only six, um, I think it was 16 of them made it out of their life. If you can imagine that, 16 of them. Only 39 of them died. So let's, so let's, let's do our math there. It was 33 original survivors. Only 16 of them made it out of there, so 17 more people died after the, after the crash. And their bodies were consumed by the survivors. I'm telling this story, you know, and we could say what we won't do. <laughs> but I can show you in the world where people were eating dung. Not just eating it, it was being sold as food because there was such a, a sore famine in the land. You see that? In Elisha's day. People were, people were eating waste, body waste, to survive. And of course, you know some of that story, how some people were even eating their own children. I'm sharing this story because I want you to understand the thing that we're going to be talking about today, that mankind will do what it takes to survive. God has put on the inside of us a survival instinct. And unfortunately, when mankind fell, we went in the opposite direction of God. We started taking on things that was not godly for the purpose of survival. The problem with this is that the powers that be know that. People that are in high positions 
in government and things like that, they know people will do what it takes to survive. If you, if you strip them down to the bare elements and, and strip them down, they won't be any better than animals. They'll kill each other. They'll kill each other. They'll consume one another to survive. And that's the world that we live in. It's, a, it's what we call like a dog-eat-dog world. How many of you heard of that? A lot of times people pronounce that wrong. They think it's saying doggy. No, it's dog-eat-dog. Let's see. So I want to read... I want to read an email that we received from a brother. Uh, a few days ago. He says, greetings, Brother Bolden. I pray you and your family are healthy, full of joy, and on the highway of holiness. I had a dream recently. I believe the Lord was speaking to me in this dream, and I wanted to share this with you and ask you to pray for truth to be revealed. In my dream, I was in a tent with my brother in front of me to get an, a vaccine for COVID. My brother took the vaccine, and then it was my turn. I held the vial close to my face and felt something and I felt something tell me to look. I could see small black balls inside of the vial and a small bit of metallic stuff, but microscopic. I told the nurse I'm not taking this. Then she said, you have to. I then woke up and I was led to the book of Revelation, the 18th chapter and the 23rd verse by closing my eyes and opening my Bible. I keep it next to my head because sometimes the Lord wakes me up at night and tells me to open it randomly and he always speaks to my current situation in this manner. He has confirmed many times what he spoke to me when I pray for him to reveal his will for my life. It was to have an humble and contrite spirit. In this passage, it says the world is deceived through sorcery. Could this be through medicine, i.e. vaccines that change our God, given DNA? This passage also speaks to the great merchants of the time, of this time, and these are the same players pushing this vaccine. I asked you before about vaccines and I am totally in agreement with you. I will never take them. I trust God in all things, including the impossible. I can see how things are lining up for people not to buy or sell without this vaccine. Sorry for this long story, but I'm looking for truth and seriously looking for God's will. All right, so let's go look at that. The book of Revelation. That's what we'll start at this morning. Revelation 18, and everybody there it says and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee for thy merchants were the great men of the earth for by thy sorceries were all nations what deceived we're going to get back to that scripture in a little bit if the law willing if you have your bibles let's go to the seventh chapter of the book of deuteronomy 
Most of you have heard of the Holocaust, the Jewish Holocaust. And you may wonder how one nation, how a government uh, that was ran by Hitler could cause a whole nation of German people to be against the Jews. How could a whole nation go along with the extermination of the Jews when in fact their own leader, Hitler himself, his mother was a Jew. It shows you how people can hate themselves, doesn't it? Well, they did that through propaganda. Everybody understand? And I hate to say it, but America has that same propaganda. They began to do drawings of the Jewish people in their newspapers. And they began to say things like, well, the Jews are here to take over. Don't trust them. You know, and really what it was, it was the devil coming against them people because they are blessed. God said they were. Everybody understand that? But God allowed it because he had a purpose for it. And in America, it's the, the same is true. Uh, the propaganda against people. Unfortunately, that's the truth. If you go back to 1995 and in 1994 and you see, uh, 1995 especially, and you see the pictures of O.J. Simpson, uh, his mugshot, you'll see in a lot of the old news footage that O.J. has a, what they call like a five o'clock shadow and his picture has been darkened that he's not as dark as what they were portraying on the pictures. But they photoshopped those pictures and they, they made him look darker on those pictures. Why? Because the propaganda in America is the darker a person's skin, the more afraid you ought to be of him. Y'all do know that that's... And so through propaganda, why do, they, why do they use this kind of propaganda? Because they know that people are willing to do whatever it takes to survive through fear. They use fear tactics. Does everybody understand that? The only reason why those people were eating each other's flesh was through fear that they were not going to be rescued. And so America has conquered this idea through fear. Let me make this clear. 9-11 didn't happen just because a few men decided to get together and make it happen. This government trained those men. And if that's not enough, most of those men that were flying the planes, the, in, the flight instructors themselves said that the men were not interested in learning how to land. They only wanted to know how to take off and fly. <laughs> so why did the government pull this? Because they know as, as, as strong as America thinks she is, as cocky as Americans are, you'll give up your rights through fear. If we can tell, show you the boogeyman, you'll be happy. Everybody understand? to give up your rights. 
And people have, there was a time you could just, you could just go to an uh, airport and buy a ticket and get on the plane. Now you got to show ID. You got to wait in a long line to show an ID. And then if, if that wasn't enough, now they have what they call a real ID. Now when you go, you know, to get on a plane, you know, now you have to have a little star on your ID because that, your last one was a fake one apparently. Through fear, they know people will give up their God-given rights. They'll do what it takes to survive. As long as we paint this picture of some boogeyman somewhere. And that's how the mark of the beast is going to come. Through fear. That's how it's going to get here. People going people to live two, one of two ways. Faith or fear. No in between. You either walking by faith or you dying in fear. Does everybody understand that? And so America have done a good job of that. Let's put this fear out there. Let's, let's make people know, make people see that there's a dire situation going on. So you might know we're going to be talking about this vaccine today. But today we're going to be talking about God's vaccine. Does everybody understand that? Is everybody there? The seventh chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to start reading at verse 12. It says, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall Keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swear unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the fruit of thy land, thy corn and thy wine and thine all, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed Above all people, there shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. Everybody see that? Is that in your Bible? Let's keep reading then. And the Lord will take away from thee what? Some of them. And will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest, upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that do what? <laughs> Everybody see? Fear is for sinners. And to me, all this virus did <laughs> was exposed what people really believe. I tell you, it boggles my mind to be driving in town on Sunday and seeing all the churches closed. But they got little happy signs posted outside. And I can't tell you the number of people I've heard say, my, yeah, my, my church is closed down. And they need to stay closed. Until your pastor start believing what they're preaching. Isn't that something now? You know there's no in-between. 
If we believe that, if we believe God, then who are we going to believe? If we believe him, then let's believe him. There's no reason to close down the church in a time where the, this is where the world's supposed to be running to. But the churches are shut down. I can promise you ain't none of them God's church. Not a one. There was nothing but a business with inspirational messages. But God's people believe God. God's people don't believe they have to social distance. Does everybody understand that? Now, I know people ain't going to like it, you know, because, you know, God gave us common sense. <laughs> but that sixth sense outweighed the rest of them. What's the sixth sense? Faith. Does everybody understand? How long has this pandemic been going on? For a year? How many times have we shut down? How many of us have been hospitalized with it? That's because we believe God. There is no in-between. And your sorry pastor can make all the excuses he want to make. They're going to do everything but confess, I got unbelief. And I need to pack it up and go get saved for real. Does everybody understand that? Don't, don't think for one minute the devil don't come and try to back us down with stuff. Well, you know, what happened? You up there preaching like that. What happened if you get it? I'll go home and be with the Lord if that's his, if that's his will. Does everybody understand? I ain't never seen a generation like this one. And like the one that I grew up in where people are born complaining about their life. Life is just, you know, it's just bad. And then a fight to stay in it. <laughs> Isn't that something? Complaining about life. <laughs> and then you'll go, you'll be the first one at the doctor letting them shoot animal DNA on the inside of you. To keep living. Isn't that something? It must be a miserable life to, to, be, to be in a life that's not good and, then, and not know what to expect on the other side because you know you're a sinner. <laughs> Let's read that again, verse 15. I tell you, I feel sorry for sinners. I do. That that's, must be a rough life to hate your life and then to hate what's coming on the other side. Everybody understand? Verse 15, and the Lord will take away from thee all sicknesses. Who, who is he talking about? People that keep his commandments. Does everybody understand that? And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee. Does everybody see that? But will lay them upon all them that do what? Isn't that something there? You think God mean what he says? I tell you, you know, to me, like I said, I believe this, all this pandemic did, we need to call it what it is, it's a plague. 
They, they come up with cute words. It's a plague. And, you know, now they got people that's done even after they've received the, first, received the first dose. These people are still getting it, still getting the, the plague. Well, you know, you got to wait for it to take. They're going to be telling that lie a year from now. After the people that have been vaccinated are still getting sick, they're going to be saying they're going to make up some excuse about it. I don't believe for one minute that those people that that's that that's really a vaccination. AIDS has been around for years. Why haven't you developed a vaccination for that? Cancer's been around for years. Where's the vaccination for it? It's an agenda. You better know it is. And they're using fear. Does everybody understand that? You look at the news and see what they, even the little local news here, see how they say things. Uh, 20 more people sick, but 30 people died in all. So why do you keep giving us the in all numbers? Does everybody understand what they, it, it, they making it look like it's just all these 30 people dying in one day. It's been 30 people in the last year. It was just that time to go. Does everybody understand that? They say two million people have died from this pandemic over the last year or so in, in America. How many people have died from cancer over the last year? Does everybody understand that? I believe this Bible. And I tell you, <laughs> like in my day what we used to say, it's time for believers to knuckle up. Does everybody understand that? It, it put up or shut up. <laughs> Fear is a, a, the result of sin. Fear is the result of sin. The first time mankind ever experienced fear was after Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Disobedience is what brings fear. Up until that point, they never knew anything about it. After they ate of that tree, God came looking for them, and when he found them, he asked them, where are you? And they said, they said well, we were hiding. Why? Because we were afraid. We heard your voice, and we were afraid. Fear comes because of sin. So you better know all these churches done shut down when they got preachers telling them that you can't live without sin. That you that you you're gonna have to sin. There's no way in the world you can live without it. You know what they're saying? You, you know sickness came because of sin? No wonder why they're having funerals every other week. Everybody understand that? No, no wonder why people sick among them all the time. They preach in fear because they preach in you can't live without sin, that you, that, that you just have to sin. You just, it's something that you're going to do. Let's go to, the, let's go to the 12th chapter of the book of Numbers. The 21st chapter of the book of Numbers. We're going to start reading at verse 5. 
Actually, Let's go to the 15th chapter of the book of Exodus. Let's turn there first. 15th chapter of the book of Exodus. And we're going to start reading at verse 22. is something that people all around the world waiting on a vaccine they're going to do everything but repent people will sit outside some of you may have seen the news footage of people sitting outside all night waiting 24 hours and more for a vaccine and can't stand to be in church for an hour if they're in church at all. Is everybody there? The 15th chapter of the book of Exodus? We're going to start reading at verse 22. It says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Merah, they could not drink of the water of Merah, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Merah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that doeth what? Everybody see that? Now, isn't that something there? Let's read verse 25 again. And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him what? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? The beginning of mankind, we fell by a tree, and God used the tree to redeem mankind. And you see that all throughout the word, God using trees <laughs> to save, to bring salvation. So you see what he says in verse 26? I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, but what's the circumstances? What do they have to do? They have to live without sin. They have to keep God's commandments. 
diligently. Not just every now and then. They have to be, they have to be sold out. Does everybody understand that? So do we believe that? There's your vaccine. Obey God. Everybody understand that? <laughs> Is it really? That? Yes, it's that simple. Does everybody understand? So what's the other side of it? The, the two sets of scriptures that we've read, what's the other side of it? If you don't keep my commandments, if you don't hearken to the voice of what I'm telling you, if you don't do what I'm telling you, then I will put these diseases on you. Has God changed? Hmm. Let's go to the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews. You know, I believe <laughs> in calling things what they are. I don't believe in sugarcoating it. I believe it's a whole lot of people going to miss heaven because of unbelief. My Bible tells me in the book of Revelation, when it gives the whole list of people that's going to end up in a lake of fire, the first on that list is the fearful. Does everybody understand that? Then Are y'all at the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews? Hold your spot there. Let's go to the book of Revelation. I want to show you that in the Bible. Let's go to the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation. and Because I, I, I want us to understand what God thinks about fear. Is everybody there? Yeah. 21st chapter of the book of Revelation. We're going to start reading at verse 6. It says, and he said unto me, now this is the Lord talking, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Everybody see that? He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be what? My son. He that overcometh shall do what? Inherit all things. Verse 8. But who? The fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is what? Now you notice what's on the first, what's the first on that list? In God's eyes, that's just as bad as whoremongers. We'll talk about whoremongers all day. 
We'll talk about murderers all day. You know you ain't going to heaven. <laughs> but what about all these churches shut down? When God told them not to forsake the assembling of themselves together. They first on the list. <laughs> Isn't that something? Peter told us in one of his epistles that judgment begins at the house of God. Don't you know judgment have already begun? That's why all these churches have shut down. They judging themselves. Isn't that something? <laughs> and he went on to say, if it begin with us, then where shall the sinner and ungodly appear if the righteous are scarcely saved? The Bible says we sitting here today that's, that ain't shutting down, we scarcely saved. Where shall the sinner and ungodly appear? In other words, how in the world are they going to make it? How in the world are you going to heaven? How in the world? There's no social distancing in heaven. Does everybody understand that? How in the world are you going to heaven and you scared to be around people here? My wife and I, we were in Walmart a few weeks ago. And I had that mask on and apparently it was dusty. And I started sneezing and coughing. I was getting all kind of ugly looks from people. I was thinking, lady, this is dust. This ain't, I ain't got the corona. <laughs> people getting ugly. Really showing what's on the inside of them. Behind fear. You got family members ain't even visiting each other. You go and try to knock on somebody's door. They'll keep you what you want. No, put it in the little box outside. <laughs> put it in my, my safety box that I'm going to go spray down with some alcohol. These are believers. Now, you know this was a setup. You know this has been in a plan. Let me make this clear. People today don't have a problem with social distancing because social media been preparing people for it. I can, I can just text you instead of calling you and instead of coming by to see how you're doing. I've been prepared for this. I ain't got to see your face. I ain't got to shake your hand. I can just do a little hand clap, a handshake on my little emoji. <laughs> so you see what that says there? The fearful and unbelieving, because those two go together. Isn't that something? What are they going to do? They're going to have their part in a lake of fire, which burneth, in a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is what? I think we live in a sad day. But you know, the truth be told, it's always been sad. The church has been full of, has, has always been full of make-believers. 
Everybody's saved as long as there's no, no test going on, no trial. Everybody's saved as long as you don't have to exercise faith. Does everybody understand that? These are the people. Let's, think, let's just, just go back to Jesus' day, the apostles' day, Paul and Peter and those, those men of God. If they were living back in that day, they wouldn't be preaching the gospel. Because God gave them common sense. We'll talk to you in private. Does everybody understand? Because God don't want me getting killed behind this. He don't want me to die behind preaching his gospel. He want me to live. He promised me long life. So I'm not going, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to preach the gospel out in public and get stoned for it. I'm not, I'm just not. That's the Peter and Paul, they those silly ones. God give me wisdom. Everybody understand? I'm going to text the gospel and then you erase it, delete it after five minutes. Everybody understand? Yeah, that's what would have been going on back then. I can't live this life out in front of nobody. I can't look crazy. I tell you, if you don't look crazy to the world, it's because you are the world. Everybody understand that? God's people have always stood out. And God have always laid something out there to divide the sheep from the goats. He has always laid, it's always been something present. And in this day is the coronavirus. Who really believes God and who doesn't? I tell you, <laughs> I, I, I feel like this. If the church is shut down, they need to stay closed because they ain't doing nobody no good anyway. You ain't doing no good. You stay closed. Save yourself some money. Everybody understand that? And you know what's even crazier than that? They'll shut these churches down and won't open them for, for homeless people? Nothing. Well, it's just going to be there. And, and, the, and the member's still paying for it. Isn't that something? <laughs> Let's go to the book of Hebrews now, the 12th chapter. I know that people have an issue with it, but it ain't nothing else to call it but fear. When churches, and don't have to shut down, the government didn't tell you to close your doors. They better not try that. Does everybody understand that? Pastors are voluntarily shutting down. The devil ain't even got to come for them. Now, you know, even if the law say y'all shut down, we ain't supposed to. You just going to have to take me to jail. And then we'll be having church in there. <laughs> Everybody understand that? Wherever we go, God comes with us. But these pastors are voluntarily, you know, you, the government ain't got to come. You ain't got, you ain't got to show us no paperwork. We're going to shut down. 
and still dying. Ain't helping nothing but the kingdom of darkness. All right, is everybody there? The 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews? Let's read verse, start reading at verse 14. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness bringing up trouble you, and thereby many, what? Be defiled. Now let's read this verse 16 very carefully. Lest there be any fornicator. A profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. If you remember, one day Esau was out, just way out somewhere, and his twin brother Jacob come along. Esau was hungry unto death. Thought he was going to die. Jacob wanted that birthright. And he asked Jacob, Jacob, you know, you give me some food. And Jacob said, yeah, I'll give you some if you, for your birthright. And Esau said, what good is a birthright going to do me if I'm dead? And you may wonder, well, Brother Bolton, what does this have to do with the day? People today are selling their birthright, taking this vaccine to live a few more days. Esau knew he wasn't right with God. So he was trying to buy all the time he could in his earth. Sold his God-given birthright. And the devil knows it. People today will sell their soul to live a few more days. Ain't, ain't, don't care what's in the vaccine. Ain't asking questions. Does everybody understand that? That's their mindset. What good is it going to do me if I can't live? They're trying to sustain their life. It's, to them, it's all about survival. When my Bible says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. People fighting to keep from spending time with God. Does everybody understand? You have to see. I'm trying to show you the way God sees it. Everybody, if you ask all, everybody in the world, if they're not atheists, if they believe in the afterlife or believe in heaven, they'll say, yeah, I'm going there. And they'll tell you that while standing in line to prolong their life. <laughs> you can't lie to God. It's something on the inside of you know you ain't supposed to be sinning. That know when you sin and you ain't right with God, you better prolong it. You better get your little flu shots. Your chicken pox shots. <laughs> I would be too if I was a sinner. They're going to do everything but repent. They're going to do everything but live right. Everybody understand that? Oh, they're going to get out and exercise? 
And now, you know, now, now that's out the box. You know, they done shut down just about all of the exercise places. So now they're coming up with mirrors that you can stare into to exercise with. <laughs> my Bible tells me to exercise into righteousness. That's my workout. Does everybody understand that? They're going to do everything they can. to. Pro- and you know you can't prolong your life. You know you come here with your days numbered. <laughs> now, the, the best thing we can do as far as living our life, as long as what God intended us for us to live, is to live righteously. That's the best thing we can do. Does everybody understand that? That's your vaccination. Live right. Live holy. (laughs) So what did he do? He sold his birthright for food, for survival. And that's what people are doing today. They done sold their birthright. We're going to disobey God and stop having church altogether. Let me make this clear, brothers and sisters. Your little internet church, that ain't the same as assembling yourselves together. That is not the same. But we're going to disobey God so we can live a few more days. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah, God's calling it what it is. You done sold your birthright. Does everybody understand that? Look at what it says, verse 17. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was what? Rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully, how? With tears. God will not take him back. God will not take him back. Now, isn't that something now? What condition are these churches in today? They got all kind of faith little sayings on their signs outside and ain't nobody inside. Oh, they got all kind of scriptures about, you know, that. I mean, they, 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 they talk a good game. But them empty seats on Sundays tell the story. It wasn't nothing but dead men's bones in there anyway. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> I tell you about me. I'd rather die obeying God than live 100 years being a coward. Everybody understand? Because that saying goes, a coward dies a thousand deaths. You know, I wouldn't want to live a defeated life. If God chose to come get me with this virus, I I wouldn't go not attending church. You can find me in church. Everybody understand that? You're going to find, if I leave, it's going to be obeying God. And I believe that ought to be how we live. I'm going to go all out. Because we can't avoid it anyway. Everybody understand? We cannot avoid death outside of the second coming of Christ. Now, I just believe what the word says. It is appointed to man once to die. It, everybody understand that? You, that you have an appointment? Does everybody understand what an appointment is? 
Well, you have an appointment. They say, come here Tuesday at 3 o'clock. That's your appointment. All of us got an appointment. It might be different times. But God got in his books when that appointment is. And it ain't nothing you can do to avoid it. You can get all the shots you want to get. You gonna, it's coming for you. You have an appointment. Does everybody understand? What is that appointment? You're going to have to stand before God and give an account of the deeds done in your body. I don't care how many vaccines you take. <laughs> everybody understand that? How many mirrors you try to jog in? <laughs> I know this kind of message, it makes sinners, it'll, it's, it, it'll light a flame under you. It'll make you hot under the collar when you determine not to live right. Let's go to the third chapter of the book of John real briefly. Now, how many of you believe that this plague is judgment? You better know it is. You better know it is. Is everybody there? Let's start reading at verse 14. It says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever do what? Believeth in him should not what? Perish but have what? Eternal life. Now let's read verse 16, what the first scripture we all learned. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Does everybody see that? But what does it take? Look at what he says in verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Does everybody understand that? Now let's go, let's go to the, uh, let's go to the book of Numbers, the 21st chapter. Is everybody there? 21st chapter of the book of Numbers. We're going to start reading at verse 5. This is going to show us what Jesus Christ was talking about with that serpent being lifted up. It says, And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore, in other words, why have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? 
for there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. The people weren't satisfied with God's provision. Now, here's the thing. Within two weeks, they were supposed to be in the promised land. It, ain't, it wasn't nothing but about an 11-day journey, 11-day walk from Egypt to the promised land. They chose not to go in and then got mad because God didn't add other stuff to the menu. <laughs> that was their choice. Everybody, they were making it like it was God's fault. We hate this light bread. In other words, this manna. Now, everybody understand what they're saying there? <laughs> we don't like it. I don't like this life. <laughs> you don't like it because you're still in the wilderness. If you ever get saved for real, you'll love it. Does everybody understand that? So they said, our soul loathes this light bread. I, we hate the little provision God has given. Isn't that something? And there ain't never been a, a country more spoiled and raggedy than America. Nobody's happy unless they're millionaires. And even after that, they still ain't happy. They'll work two and three jobs to buy a little house that they ain't spending no time in. Hate to be at home. And then got the nerve to complain about it. Ain't nobody making you work two jobs, ma'am. <laughs> That's on you. Look at verse 6. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. Everybody see that? Who sent them? Not just serpents, but what kind? And they bit the people, and much people of Israel did what? And that's what God has done today. He sent a fiery serpent among people. And that serpent is biting people, and they dying. Verse 7, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Everybody see that? Are people doing that today? They're running straight to the doctor and getting killed in these hospitals. I was reading this morning a news article with Louis, Lou Gossett Jr. there in Georgia. He had, he had contracted COVID-19, the coronavirus. He went into the hospital and was there for a couple of days, and he saw all these people dying around him, and he checked out of there. He said, it's death here. And you know, and I'm convinced that you might go in a hospital supposed to be living. You might not be as bad until you get around some of them other folks that's got something you ain't got. Everybody understand that? You think they social distancing in the hospital? No, they bringing you other strains from other people. Hmm. Yeah, I'd have done the same thing. Get me out of here. I'll take my chances at home. Everybody understand that? Let's go and keep reading. Verse 8, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. 
Everybody see? And it came to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, what shall he do? What will he do? There's your vaccine. You look to Jesus Christ. And you'll live. That's the reason why he said what he said in the third chapter of the book of John. If I be lifted up. Everybody understand that? He said I must be lifted up. As Moses lifted up the serpent. Jesus Christ became a curse for us. He became the serpent. When we were. Does everybody understand that? He became the devil we were. He became the curse for us. Cursed be the man that hangs on a tree. He became the curse for us. Verse 9, and Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, what did he do? He lived. All he had to do was look at it. Isn't that something? And you got folks today too stubborn. Even folks that's claiming to live for God, they'll shut their churches down and turn their backs on God. In their minds, they might not think what they're doing is wrong. But I'm telling you, they're wrong. Does everybody understand that? People will turn their backs on God. They, they refuse to look to him. We'll look to the doctors. Yeah, we'll go to them. <laughs> Truth be told, they don't believe in God anyway. If they believed in God, they'd believe his word. Does everybody understand that? Let's go look at another interesting scripture. Let's go to the 12th, 12th chapter of the book of John. Now, I want you to keep that picture in your, in your mind about this serpent being raised up. Now, y'all, how many of y'all you've seen, and I've explained this before, what, what is the hospital sign? How you know a hospital is in the area? You'll see a stick or a cross with a serpent around it. That's where they get that from. What we just read. A place of healing, except it ain't. <laughs> you try going to the hospital now with no insurance. You can have your nose in your pocket. They'll give you a Band-Aid and a prescription you can't afford and send you on to the house. But if you got good insurance, you can go there with a scratch and spend a week. Is everybody there? The 12th chapter of the book of John? Start reading at verse 28. It says, Father, Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. 
The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now, now let's pay close attention. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be what? Cast out. Verse 32, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. In other words, this was his way of letting them know he would be put on a tree. Does everybody understand that? Now let's read verse 32 again. Now let's read it very carefully. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all what? Does it say that? Look again. Will draw what? All unto me. All what? Verse 31, now is the judgment of this world. He was not saying draw all men unto himself. He was saying I'll draw all judgment unto myself. The same way that fiery serpent took away the sting of death, whatever was in that serpent that was killing people, that was taken away. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> let's, go, let's go look at something else. Let's go to 1 Peter, the second chapter. Maybe that'll help us understand a little bit better. Now, we're talking about God's vaccination. Is everybody there? The second chapter of First Peter. Now, my prayer is that you really be able to see what the Lord is trying to show you this morning when we're talking about God's vaccination. It starts with obeying God and keeping his commandments. And it ends with believing what Jesus Christ did for mankind. Does everybody understand that? The same way they, Moses just couldn't lift that stick up and the people just be healed. They had to look at it. They had to look at that serpent. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's read verse 21. Let's start reading in verse 21. It says, For even here, even here unto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Now, pay close attention. Verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in what? His own body. Where? On the tree. What does that mean, bearing sins? How did he bear them in his own body? The sicknesses and the diseases, the plagues that we have today. He had every last one of them in his body when he went to the cross. Does everybody understand that? 
He became sin for us. So how did he bear that sin in his body? How did he bear it? Was he out there fornicating? No, he got with fornicators, get AIDS. Does everybody understand that? All of the diseases, all of the plagues that come as a result of sin, he had it in his body because he made himself sin. So why are believers standing in line for something the Lord done already paid for? The Lord already had AIDS. I ain't got no business keeping it. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> the Lord already had diabetes. I ain't got no business getting it. If I believe him, I lay that mess at the cross. That's already paid for. Does everybody understand that now? He bare his own, he bare our sins in his own body, the sicknesses that come with sin. Which is all of them. So what do I look like social distancing? <laughs> Closing churches down. If I believe what I read. He already bore all of that. He already had the coronavirus. Does everybody understand that? Do you know what they try to do to, 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 to cure certain diseases? They get the blood from people that have already overcome it. Why? Because the people have already developed antibodies in their system to fight it off. And so they get that from other people who have already overcome it and shoot it into your veins. So, is the Jesus Christ, is he dead today? That means he overcame coronavirus. I'm in his bloodstream. Now you understand better why we say apply the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood, it's got all the antibodies you need. Does everybody understand that? Verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Everybody see? That we being dead to sins should live unto what? By whose stripes what happened? Does everybody see that? Is that just, just some glorious thing by his stripes? We were here like we could just live a better life? No, it means what it says. You're healed. Listen, if you look to him, does everybody understand that? No, we ain't going to look to him. We're going to shut the churches down, and we're going to look to the doctors. <laughs> All right, now let's bring this back full circle. Let's go back to the book of Revelation. The 18th chapter. Let's read what it really says there. Is everybody there? Verse 23, 
and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations what? Why did the Lord give that brother that dream? Why, why did the Lord show him this particular scripture? I'll tell you why. Because the word sorceries in the Greek, it reads pharmas. Well, we get our word pharmacy. It's talking about medicine. In the Bible, medicine and sorceries are the same thing. Does everybody understand that? Do we really understand that? Look at what he says. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations what? Thinking that through witchcraft they can overcome this plague. Through sorceries. You know, America's something else. Now we look at witch doctors in Africa and think, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that ain't nothing but witchcraft over there. They got all kind of heads on sticks and all kind of stuff talking about. And we ain't no better. We got all kind of witches and warlocks stirring up formulas for people to inject themselves with. What's the difference? They're all witches and warlocks. I don't care how educated they think they are. Does everybody understand that? The world is being deceived <laughs> into thinking that they can overcome this in any other way, all other ways except repentance. They're being deceived. Let's go real quick to the, to the 46th chapter of the book of Jeremiah. This was one of Brother Junior's favorite scriptures. The 46th chapter of the book of Jeremiah. And we're going to start reading at verse 10. So has everybody followed me so far? If the Lord say the same, this will be our last scripture. We just want to point out something to you. For those of us that think, well, you know, I can have faith and take all these vaccines. God ain't against that. <laughs> Does everybody understand? I can believe in God and the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I can follow God and follow witches and warlocks. If you don't believe a lot of these doctors are witches and warlocks, you get to talking about faith around them. Don't, don't, don't you, believing in God, that's, that, that's kryptonite to them. You just get, talk, just get to talking about, you know, even today. <laughs> Some of you pregnant sisters and women who have had babies have experienced that. You just get to talking about, I want to have my baby naturally. What? Yeah, that's how I got pregnant. (laughs) 
<laughs> there is no other way. <laughs> Who's having babies naturally anymore? Everybody understand? The things that God have said in order is an abomination to witches and warlocks now. Let us cut that baby out of you so we can make a sacrifice that you don't know nothing about. Everybody understand that? <laughs> All right, let's start reading in verse 10. It says, For this is the day of the Lord God of hosts, a day of vengeance, that he may avenge him on of his adversaries, and the sword shall devour, and it shall be satiate, and made drunk with their blood. For the Lord God of hosts hath sacrificed, hath a sacrifice in the north country by the river Euphrates. Go up into Gilead and take balm, O virgin, the daughter of Egypt. In vain shalt thou use many medicines, for thou shalt not be what? Isn't that something there? When God sent a fiery serpent, among the people. Medicines wasn't going to cure them. Vaccines was not going to do it. And God lets us know right here what he thinks about it. When he sends judgment, you can take all the medicine you want. It won't cure you. It will not. Does everybody understand that? What brought the cure to the, to the Israelites when God sent them fiery serpents? They repented. Forgive us. We spoke against you and God. And then God come up with the solution. Does everybody understand that? And I'm telling you, I don't see no end of this pandemic until God say so. And by that time, it's going to be a whole lot of crying people. Uh, a nation of heartbroken people. Everybody understand that? And God got a way of knocking down all that arrogance and cockiness. A, a broken heart and a contrite spirit is what he desired. I, you know, I, it's, it's amazing to me. My wife and I, sometimes we're flipping through the channels and we, st we see people still trying to play basketball and football. Like What? Y'all still trying to hold on to some form of life? Y'all need to be on y'all knees praying. If you pay close attention, you can see the fear in people. If you pay close attention, they trying to hold on to their little life. They're doing everything but repenting. Isn't that something? I'm telling you, God already had a vaccine. <laughs> He come up with it thousands of years ago. Does everybody understand that? He's the vaccine. His blood is. If you apply it, you'll live. Not only in this life, but the next life. You'll live. Does everybody understand that? But you know, only people that believe this Bible can say that. If you don't believe what's written here, you, you can't say it. You're going to do the same thing everybody's doing. Shut down church. Try to pick up your little internet ministry. Hoping people send you a few money, a few dollars from through Cash App. 
Isn't that something? I'm telling you, God's shaking this world. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And we see it. It didn't take long for some of these false churches around here to be shaken. It didn't take them long to shut down at all. Half of their members didn't have to die off. All it took was one person to come in there coughing. Everybody understand? But we walk by faith. That ain't just a statement. <laughs> you know this Bible is meant to be lived? Not just preached, not just Bible scriptures quoted. People quote scriptures all day long and don't believe it. Yeah, by his stripes, we're here. Praise God. Let's, do, let's make a praise and worship song out of it. We're going to do everything but believe it. Everybody understand that? How many of you were singing songs that you didn't know anything about you, until you became an adult? You're like, oh, is that what they were saying? Yeah, and, and I'm hoping that the church will wake up one day and say, oh, so is that what he meant? <laughs> I didn't know that all these years. I pray we come to that place where we start being a church and, and start being what we, what, no wonder the world is in a condition they're in because the church is in a bad condition. Isn't that something? That's one thing about the world. They know what's false. They know what ain't God, what, what God is. Everybody understand that? They might not be living for him, but they know that ain't it. Everybody understand that? Oh, it's a bad time to be a sinner out in the world because you ain't got nothing to depend on. All your churches are locked up. <laughs> Folks ain't even got nowhere to get, go get saved anymore. The Lord may lay it on their heart. You go to church and I, I have somebody there. For, where? Where? Isn't that something? It's a sad day to be a sinner. <laughs> At least before now, you could go to somebody's church and halfway try to live right. And my prayer is that on Judgment Day, the Lord would have mercy on these people that's been pretending. That's my prayer. My prayer is that if people, because it wasn't everybody's decision to shut down their churches. There's some members in these churches, they would continue to go if they preachers would allow them. But when your mama called you to preach and you went to somebody's theology school to get a degree and then went to some board meeting to get hired on as a pastor, that's all you can be as a hireling. You ain't got to believe what you're preaching. All you got to do is get paid. Does everybody understand that? And I think what the Lord has done in this day and age is he has smoked people out. Does everybody understand that? Either your lungs are built for it or it's not. <laughs> and I just believe God's word. My prayer is that we'll continue to stand on faith. Continue to stand by God's word. By his stripes we were healed. It's already done. I knew, I knew that y'all just wasting y'all time finding a vaccine because true believers already got it. Does everybody understand that? We, came, we became to all, immune to all the foolishness that day we gave our life to the Lord. Does everybody understand that? And my prayers will continue to believe in. All right, let's pray.
Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this word that we've heard today, Lord. And God, we pray that we will take these things in our hearts and believe your word. Lord, we pray for those that are discouraged today. Those that are looking for a church home, Lord, and can't find one because of closed doors. God, we lift them up to you. We ask that you lead them to your true disciples, Lord. Lead them in your truth, Lord, and guide their hearts. Lord, I pray that you will bolden, embolden your preachers to stand and tell your truth without compromise. Help us all, Lord, not to be, to be willing to stand up for what you have commanded in your word and not back down, Lord, because of the slackfulness of others. Help us, Lord, to call people up to another level, Lord, instead of condescending down to theirs, Lord. Help us to continue to walk by faith and not by sight. Help us to continue to believe your word, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, if that's all now, the Lord willing, we'll be dismissed and we'll go back to the back and discuss the things that we've heard today. That's all you're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.